0: Get it, Radical spot smaller
1: commerce, you want to test AB on your PDP, pump up the AOV and your B2C, do the 301, avoid the 404, boost your SEO, get people to the store, got the latest stack, headless, you react, you want that seamless customer experience Attack live shopping, social, set up your syndication, be relevant, that's our recommendation.
0: Radically Smarter Commerce is a podcast presented by Aptus with a focus on smarter commerce and merchandising. And we will talk about trends, new technology and the importance of being relevant.
2: We will do this by interviewing sighting guests to be inspired by their success stories and insights.
0: And we that are your host is Thomas Khuabe
2: and Frida Olsson.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Radically Smarter Podcast. And uh, here is Thomas, and with me I have Frida! Yes, and today we're going to talk to a real veteran within the Nordic e-commerce space, his uh, journalist. And uh, we will talk about trends within Nordic e-commerce.
2: Yes, I've listened into to his uh, his own uh, podcast. So it's going to be really interesting to, to talk to him, to have him as a guest and not a host.
0: Yes, uh, and he's he's a podcaster, so uh, he has the right gears at home as well. So uh, we will have some good sound quality here from his side as well, which I think you can appreciate. <laughs> it's not always easy to uh, you know get... Uh, good quality when it comes to the sounds of the guests so I hope that you have some understanding for that
2: but I also guess I'm the worst right
0: (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe we're we're also learning and try to improve it over time but uh, yeah I think we can go on And otherwise, Frida, what's trending in your life?
2: (laughs) Trending in my life at the moment is finally Copenhagen is open up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I know that you will go to the Tivoli uh, right uh, now after we recorded this. So
2: Yes, it's going to be amazing. (laughs) A
0: little bit envious. I know my kids are really, you know, looking forward to go to Tivoli, but right now it's a bit of a hassle going to Denmark, so I guess we have to wait a little while.
2: Yeah, but I look forward to to having you. It would be great to maybe go together. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and maybe meet for the first time we haven't actually met since i started in in pandemic time so i'm looking forward to that as well
2: that's insane but but it is it is correct what you're saying
0: yeah absolutely but now let's go on and talk to urban Today, we are very happy to have, may I say, a veteran when it comes to the internet industry and the e-commerce industry here in the Nordics. Urban Lindstedt, welcome to Radically Smarter Commerce. Thanks. Thanks for having me and urban is also a podcaster he has the swedish podcast e that's been going on since uh, five years and 182 episodes yeah that's true that's impressive
1: uh, it's a lot of work <laughs>
0: and also if you're into history you also have a, a history podcast uh, uh, historia.nu i think it's called
1: yeah that's sure but it's only one episode in english there okay and it was a ter- it was i was i was so starstruck because it was the the biggest military history in in the world like uh, and and so my english totally it was totally havoc so I, afterward i have to in post-production, I, I had to say my questions again because I really, I, you know, I sound like a really stupid Swede. <laughs> yeah, being been there as well. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was about to say, that's me in uh, almost every episode so far. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's, you know, we shouldn't be ashamed of our ex- accents, you know.
2: Yeah. So how about maybe start by telling uh, telling us about yourself? How did you get into e-commerce?
1: Yeah, I'm a journalist by profession and uh, year 2000, I, I started working for a magazine called Internet World was actually at that time the second biggest magazine in Sweden and we covered the internet and that's since since that i've been um, covering uh, e-commerce professionally actually
0: so how did you end up at internet world i I mean i'm i was a frequent reader definitely and i remember you since then but uh, how did you end up there
1: yeah it was no it's really a was by coincidence Uh, a friend of mine I needed a job. I was living in Gothenburg and a friend of mine talked to a friend of his who worked at the magazine. And so they just called me up and asked, Do you want to work for us? And I didn't really want to do that because I had a small son at that time. So I didn't want to move from Gothenburg. But they called me another time and then I moved there. And and it was, yeah, I I stayed there for five years and it was a really interesting time of my professional life.
0: And was there a point where you sort of went from covering internet-related topics in general to more focus on on e-commerce, or
1: I've actually been focusing on e-commerce all the time, uh, and I, I, at this time, was you know there was new new e-commerce players every week, and I, I did like mystery shopping every, every for every magazine, uh, so I shopped a lot in 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 the new shops. And try them out so no uh, but i always uh, in one period there i was also the broadband editor you, you know <laughs> that you have that name you know broadband editor
0: yes yeah, so we had broadband jesus and broadband editor <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and i i met them all these guys you know broadband jesus and everyone so uh, but i i would say it's, it's still still really in- e-commerce is still interesting but but now it's like mainstream but uh, as you know the it, I mean, it's really sh- shaping the time we're living now i think the the pace the pace of 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 the change now it's bigger than we i don't think we really understand it why we're living in that the change is very big right now yeah
2: I think, uh, I mean, on on everyone's lips in that sense, of course, it's the pandemic and and the COVID. But do you think it would be the same uh, speed or is that the the main reason for it?
1: Yeah, the the pandemic is obviously the reason that that we got a 40% uh, growth rate last year. But, uh, you know... It's just, it's just going to take a couple of years faster than a, if, if, if we didn't have the pandemic. Because a lot of the things that happening now, the, they have started happening before the pandemic. Because if you talk to like in Sweden, we, we talked about peak peak shop in 1918. That was the year when you could say that all the growth went from the, the physical store to the to the online stores. So, after after the, after that time, all, all the growth is in the online store.
0: Okay. So, your Swedish podcast, e standard that means e-commerce trends. Yeah. So, of course, we want to talk to you about e-commerce trends. So, what kind of trends do you see right now is going on?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things happening all the time, but... Uh, yeah but the, the the obvious thing that's is not so interesting to discuss it's the, the the pace of the growth right now but w- you bigger the you bigger the e-commerce part will become of the of uh, the retail industry you know it, i i would think it, it it will change the way we look at retail in, 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 it's difficult to tell how but in a depth in in depth so that's one thing but and and one of the biggest things that happened last year in in, in the Nordics was that uh, Amazon finally entered the market. And I, I've been actually talking about this for three years. I I I've been on on events and things and, and said that now Amazon is coming. But <laughs> <laughs> so it's good that they come finally. Yeah. Uh, but 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 I'm not so sure about that. Amazon will change the the Nordics uh, retail industry so much. I think they they, they, it's, they come too late into the market, and uh, some people, I hear people saying that Amazon will have fifty percent of the online market in five years. I don't believe in that. But maybe they're going to have four or five percent in in five years, and maybe they. Like ten percent in ten years, but they won't change how the uh, the a- ecosystem in the Nordics. I, I don't believe that.
0: Yeah. So I spoke to uh, a person that is responsible for the the marketplace um, at Amazon mm-hmm. um, last week. So we're probably going to have them on the show as well. Maybe they are not of the same opinion, <laughs> but it's going to be interesting to talk more about that going forward.
1: So. Yeah, but you you never know what what turn the the industry will take. Because I, I've been going into depth in the Chinese e-commerce industry that I would say it's much more interesting than the European or, or the American. And th- there you can see totally new players like Pinduoduo that have a different way to, to sell things, more social, social selling uh, than, than uh, the big marketplaces. So and, and the Chinese e-commerce industry is even more concentrated to a few players and if you can get new players there who really take take their part of the market then it is it's possible in in the united states and uk and germany and and nordic and the nordics as well
0: uh, yeah we will probably see more innovations there I- in asia that mm-hmm. that will find its way here as well
1: It's it's always difficult with innovations because you know before they happen you don't know anything about them you know it's uh, and when it happens you say well, yeah why didn't we figure that out before mm. it's always like that well this is a smart way to do it why didn't uh, we figure it out before yeah, so do you see
0: any new innovations that has entered uh, the nordic market lately
1: yeah i have one trend that, that i don't think is a, is in a, an important trend and that's live shopping yeah i i don't really believe in live. Sh- it's big in china i know that but i don't really believe in it because like all the uh, e-commerce companies I know, they they, they work, work very much with uh, to, to have an effective business. And I can't see it's an effective way to to sell sell things to have one person standing with a camera. Oh, it's it's hard to scale. It's it's it's. Uh, I would say it's impossible to scale. Yeah. But uh, if you see in Chinese, China is a really big market, and they have like thousands of millions of influencers who can have this as their business and they have a they have an e-commerce system where it's based on marketplaces so i think it's it's more of the the small sellers to to reach out there yeah we don't have that kind of business model in in, in the nordics
0: i think we have seen some cases where companies have have been able to scale a model that when you look at it first it doesn't seem to be as scalable like we have naked that, that sort of did this with with the influencers and uh yeah who knows maybe some figure out how to do it with live shopping i don't yeah, know
1: yeah as it, it, it you know all the e-commerce people are really interested in this and a lot of big companies is tr- trying it out so people are open to try and use new things but uh, now i don't think it's going to scale
0: yeah so we talked a little bit before about what trends that we could talk a little bit more in into detail here in this podcast. Mm. And um, we uh, decided on D2C, direct to consumer. Yeah. Also, what is happening when it comes to delivery options uh, and so on here in the future mm. and digital products, which is kind of a new thing, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, if we start a little bit with D2C, so when we talk about this, is it mainly new? players that enter the market and start this from scratch or is this a way that traditional brands have changed their business model or what does the l- landscape look like when, when we see people that have succeeded with
1: this? I think that the D2C players that we notice that we see are successful. There.
0: So the first question here I would like to ask is what is D2C?
1: Yeah, D2C it stands for direct to consumer and it, it's one when a product company sells directly to to the consumer without any resellers or anything so so and usually through through uh, e-commerce pl- uh, one e-commerce platform and usually not through marketplaces
0: okay so traditionally it could be so that you have your own brand stores or so or you have like an outlet or, or something and do that but now now it's getting more um, usual that you have an, an e-commerce instead yeah. uh, and maybe you're totally online.
1: And 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 the, the smart thing with that is that then y- you you're able to keep more of the of the money so so you can put more more effort into the product. Yeah. Uh, so usually my my, my favorite uh, D2C companies they, they, they sell very very good products because they keep a smaller part of the of the money from them from from the sale. But also that means that you
0: need to sort of build up, um, you need to find your audience, you need to work more with, with the marketing and w- with the branding. You can't rely on having strong retail partners.
1: That's true. So, so the, but, but you can see some of these, some of these uh, D2C uh, brands, they, they become really big. Uh, you know, I mainly know the Swedish markets, so, but but if if you take like you uh, the big, uh, they sell posters and, and they sold for hundred million euro last year, and you have uh, Revolution Race to so sell outdoor clothing. I don't remember the, their their turnover turnover, but they're they're kind of big as well. So so, so it, it is possible to be become big. Yeah, when you. Can keep a big part of the of the revenue. Y- you can also put more money into marketing. And and some of the some of the most successful brands, they also the result of the, uh, some kind of marketing hack. They figure something out, like we don't talk so much about them anymore, but Donnell Wellington, the watch brand, who who just in a couple of years reached 400 million euros in turnover and and had like half of that is in profit yeah it is like it's bizarre how you can do that
0: it's crazy but you mentioned marketing hack Wh- what is a marketing hack
1: that, that you 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 because of the marketing as you know the landscape changed so fast so and we we get new marketing channels all the time so if you're really into it and and you realize like daniel wellington did that they can use a lot of Micro influencers to reach out. They just send out a lot of watches to people, uh, who, who then wrote about it in theirs in their social channels. They, they they can really reach out for small small cost. So so that's one kind of. I'm not really into marketing myself, but I like I heard like the send you I don't really know what their marketing hack is, but people talking about that. Dessenu is is the result of a marketing hack, but I don't, I, I haven't figured it, figured that out yet.
0: Okay, yeah, let's try to figure that out then, because they are they are uh,
1: obviously doing something right. I think like Dessenu, what I what I believe, because I had them on my podcast as well, uh, I think they have a razor sharp target group, uh, and then they sell for around all the world. So so then they really can. Make the products and, and the marketing really fit to that small to that sh- small part of the whole world, you know. So so I think that's the 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 secret behind their success.
2: Mm. Uh, well, we've talked about or you have name dropped a few few companies, um, mm. but when I hear DTC, I mainly think of just influencers and maybe the, the fashion segment. That's what comes in mind to me. Yeah. Uh, but I guess there's. A whole other, other segments that this is suitable for uh, but who else is doing this
1: one of the biggest success th- that, that you have influencer behind is Kaya Cosmetics and, and she, she uh, Bianca Ingrossa I would say is probably the most the most famous influencer in, in, in Sweden I think she's big in Norway as well actually you know she built, built a really big cosmetic company just in a couple of years and, and, uh, yeah, and she, she's you know she made a lot of money before that, but uh, she's sold all, they sold off half of the company to one of the big uh,
0: Yeah, Verdane.
1: yeah Verdain, yeah so so <laughs> she doesn't have to work anymore if she not doesn't want to no.
0: no I think they got two hundred million uh, Swedish crowns for half of the company so
1: yeah pretty good pretty uh, good pretty good for a couple of couple of years work yeah yeah, but I think that there, there, I think there are more, more of that uh, influencer, I- influencer uh, D two C more uh, brands in Sweden as well. So there's a lot of them actually. Uh,
2: since we're talking about uh, Bianca and and, and kayak cosmetics and, and, and influencers and uh, and such, I think. I mean, the the success behind it because they they sometimes or quite often they are actually the target group for the product they would like to sell. So, of course, they got great insights about uh, who's going to buy the products and their needs, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, But I guess... They maybe not have so much knowledge about how the retail chains work and don't have any contact uh, in in such uh, like the most of the more traditional companies have. Uh, so, so what should I do? I, I mean, if I would like to start a, a company a D two C company, wh- where should I start? But
1: I'm not sure. I'm not sure you have to know how retail's company works if if you do a D two C brand because. You only have to know how, how e-commerce works and, and you only have to now know, usually you know how to reach out to, to your target group. So th- because I would say that the biggest problem for most e-commerce companies is to reach out to the customers. But if you already have the customers at your knee, you know yeah you just have to start doing a good good product and and
0: technology is so more accessible now and there is SaaS solutions around basically any type of functionality you need for your e-commerce and it's easier to bring someone in that can help you with those practical things than to bring someone in that will sort of make a good product or or get the audience um, for you
1: yeah i think i think it's more difficult to do the product than to do the selling and as as Thomas says, is, it's, it's, it's actually quite easy to start an e-commerce shop today. It's 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 but um it's only get difficult when you that kind of customer you work with, whether they have really a lot of customers and really a lot of traffic, then it becomes a bit problematic. But then you have the revenue so then you can hire High people like you can help them with that, you know.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> no, but I also think about, I mean, uh, putting up the the, the actual site, etc. Uh, that is quite easy, but you also have to have contacts when it comes to the production uh, or the product development and, and such. But maybe that's not the, the biggest part then, or the hardest part.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I still would say that it's the hardest part, but the thing is that it's so much easier now than it was for 10, 10 or fifty years ago. And you have you 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 know today it, you you can you can reach out direct to the factories if if it's in Europe or or is or is it in China, quite easily I say, and, and and people do that all the time, and and a lot of you have a lot of sellers on on, on marketplaces like Amazon and so on, so who do their own brands, uh, their private labels, who uh, not if lot if you if you go into the big marketplaces you can see that the brands they are not really professional brands but customers seem to buy them anyhow
0: yeah so i tend to sometimes wish that i was 20 year younger not only because then i could sort of try try out the swedish idol or something but uh, also when it comes to you know starting your own business i remember i was probably 14 and i read this big big um, sort of course material from ivar s löge a norwegian guy that did different courses about how to be a writer but he also did a course about how to start your own import business
1: do you know him or about No, I, 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 I'm sorry to say no, but uh, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, if, if this was for uh, you know, as you know, I have a history podcast as well, and uh, yeah. if this was for hundred years ago, we would probably uh, I, I would be dead. I, I'm not sure about you. <laughs> you have a couple of years <laughs> left, so so maybe so you you are like twenty if if it was in the beginning of the last century, so you still have the chance to do that, you know.
0: Yeah, but then you could sort of order something that looks like an old uh, like uh, yellow pages or so that you could uh, get from China and you could find a product and then you need to have a, a, a very strange type of conversation over a, uh, written written uh, mail or maybe a fax in best case mm-hmm. and and then get samples and then to sort of do your ads in the paper or so so um, very complicated and now you have all these kids doing drop shipping and
1: uh, yeah but the prob- the problem is as you, when it's easy, a lot of people can do it. Yeah. If 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 you go back, not many. Because uh, a couple of years back, I, I met Skruvat, who, who sells auto parts. In, uh, really big in that. And they, when they started their business, they actually picked a really difficult business. Yeah. By purpose, because they realized this is difficult. We're not going to have so much competition. And. after a couple of years they sold their company for a lot lot of money to a big french company so yeah
0: but i think i mean if you have a lot of knowledge within an area if you have that domain expertise and so on i mean there is a lot of opportunities if you can capitalize on that and if you already sort of are a part of or own a community that you can sort of tap into
1: yeah when we talk about influencers, we usually think about young, young women doing cosmetics or, or, or fashion or things. But I would say like every area ha- have their, uh, influencers. We, we doesn't just, we, we, de- we doesn't look at them at w- when I was talking to Vid a big, uh, e-commerce company who sells, uh, hunting gears and things, you know, they have their influencers, but I don't know them. I never seen about because I'm not in, into hunting, you know okay so 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 I would say, like we going into a nerd society when I was young, it was not a good thing to be a nerd, you know, it was the guy they beat up in school they were the nerds, but today you know we strike back, we <laughs> strike back <laughs> now the nerds they make they make billion billion dollar companies,
0: yeah absolutely so um is there any influencer that you are following urban who's your favorite influencer
1: actually i i, I actually like yeah i met uh, bianca I, I can't say i follow her but I, i'm impressed what she's doing uh, and and i would say sometimes it's if if you if you're uh, if you're a bit older it's easy to look down on these influencers. but i really try to analyze what they're doing and and uh, my view is that they are really professionals. It can seem to, from the outside, from, from an older, older perspective, they can seem that, I mean, uh, yes, shouting on, on, on YouTube, what is this? But if you compare these really big influencers or YouTubers with the one who isn't big, who doesn't have any followers, then you realize the difference between the professional influencers and the non-professional influencers yeah these these the the, the the they have communication skills they have charm they have the looks they the, they have a lot of things that make that they reach out because it's you know there's a lot of people who want to become influencers and most of them won't succeed
0: mm. what about you frida <laughs> your favorite influencer you didn't think you're gonna yeah you-
2: no no I was uh, I was hoping I would pass on that one and that's because of our <laughs> of our earlier conversations regarding that and then also uh, what you just uh, said Urban, that when I think about influencers uh, I also quite often think about um, the the young uh, the young ones that maybe I, I don't look up to uh, mm-hmm. put it mm-hmm. that way uh, without I'm not gonna take their 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 job and their, their effort away but that's that's how I follow influencers actually mm-hmm. um, so yeah but otherwise I, I follow a lot in, like in in feminism and such, and and obviously for for quite some many reasons they don't sell stuff.
1: So, Thomas, what, what's your what was your favorite influencer? Well, I
0: think that would be Thrill Seeker. Uh, he's a YouTuber that uh, tests virtual reality uh, gear and uh, games and other things. Uh, he's really good and spends a lot of time communicating with his community. Mm. So, uh, yeah, he's really good. Mm. And he was also chosen the virtual reality influencer of the year. <laughs> uh
1: this year so yeah i don't have i don't have a favorite but i i use them a lot when i especially when i buy technical gears because i always go out to youtube and there you you always find kind of smart people who check the gears out and Try them and, and I'm, I'm a lot of them are really impressed. A lot of them are amateurs, mm. naturally, but a lot of them are really professional in what they do. And they usually do much better videos than the companies who sell the products. That's, I think that's interesting that you have these guys on youtube who may who do it better than the people who really know know the product
0: yeah and i think i mean us that are doing podcasting there are so many people out there that is so good at you know reviewing microphones and equipment and software and so on so yeah it's really amazing so my guy thrill seeker i think that's a pretty cool uh, nickname Mm -hmm. and uh, we also ask our guests uh, that we have on the show if they would be a rapper what sort of nickname or name would they have then so urban
1: yeah you know I, i'm really into reggae music really into reggae music okay and uh, i would say that the f- first rapper they were they were jamaican people they do they who do, do toasting who is the first kind of rap yeah so I, I i would pick a name that is more like a reggae name so i would call myself general urban
0: <laughs> yeah cool general urban yeah let's go for that let's get- All right. So to continue with uh, the next trend. Uh, about delivery so i've been quite surprised lately that you can't get more things home delivered th- than you can uh, i find myself going to the post office almost every week to pick up things that my children has bought online and i'm not sure if they buy on the wrong places but <laughs> i would expect especially in these times that you could get more delivered to your home
1: it's true that it's you know i live in stockholm we we had home deliveries for for many years but they haven't been really good services like uh, postnde has had uh, home deliveries for a lot of years and and they really really bad home deliveries actually uh, so, so when, when we got new companies like Budby AirMe, best uh, I mean I've probably forgotten one of one of them they come with a whole new of uh, customer uh, service. Uh, and uh, and that changed because a couple of years back, only all people talked bad about home deliveries because all all had had this bad experience of waiting the whole day for some for a delivery who didn't turn up, mm. and you uh, they took time off from. This was the time before you could work from home, so they took the time off, and, and the things never arrived. But with the new new services really have a focus on the customer. I, I never heard anyone talk bad about these home deliveries. So yeah, you, sometimes uh, home delivery go, goes wrong, but usually they're really good. And, and I would say that everything, this makes e-commerce so smooth for the customer. So I think this is going to be a big part of, of and I think it's had been a big part of the growth now. Mm. And I know several when I was talking to to, to some companies, they, they, they see when they go into their their figures, they, they can see people who use their home delivery option, they come back off, more often to buy stuff from them because they have a really good experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would pay quite a lot more for home delivery than a pickup service now. I mean, I don't care if the product costs 20-30% more. If I get it home delivered, of course, maybe not. If it's ten thousand crowns, but I mean, if it's uh, mm. if it's if it's you know regular products, if it's clothes, if it's uh, food or whatever, if I can get it home delivered, I mean, right now that's no brainer for
1: me at least. And we and we have a we, we have another another not new service who, who is uh, that's that's coming strong. It's it's the delivery boxes. That's not home deliveries, but they're they're somewhere between. Going to the shop to pick out your your parcels or or get in at the door at home, people are not so keen on going to the shop and standing in queues to get their parcels out. So so I think we see we see new new companies now coming in in, in Sweden who, who plans to put up fifty thousand delivery boxes in a couple of years. IBox, and you have Instabox, who's been around for a couple of years and. I hear when you talk to people, a lot of people out there, they are there. They're really happy about this service.
0: Yeah, I actually gonna do my virgin journey today with Instabox. <laughs> I, I have, I've gotten an SMS. I got a reminder as well. I have some socks from brothers waiting for me. Yeah. I find myself not having any socks because, you know, they get holes in them after a few years. And I usually go and buy like 40 pairs or something of the same mm. sock. <laughs> mm. And now
1: it was a while ago and it's time again. So, um, yeah. And I think it's can can be if, uh, if you see. Uh, you usually, you you go to yourself when you think about these kind of services. But probably, I'm not sure about home delivery going to take the whole market because if if you're young and you move around a lot, maybe you don't want to have a home delivery for them. You you have to be now after the pandemic. You don't have to be home anymore because you can just put a sign in the app that that they can leave it by the door. Uh, so, so, but, but I think this home delivery options, and and it's really good because these startup companies, the big, the big change coming when the really big logistic uh, companies like Postnode and so on, when they they change, then the whole market change, and they have to change when you get these new startups who who, who come with a better uh, a better service for the customer, and I, I would see that. I think that Postnode uh, has uh, their app has become so much better last two years or something, and that uh, it wouldn't have happened if if you hadn't had these startups. Mm.
0: So Frida, what do you prefer when it comes to delivery?
2: I must say uh, it's, a, it's a two-step uh, <laughs> rocket here when it comes to to me liking home deliveries. But but first of all, I think it's a big difference uh, between Sweden and Denmark, uh, and I was quite surprised that Denmark seemed a little bit more in in uh, what do you say in 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 front of uh, on the, of the Sweden uh, market in that sense of home delivery because. A lot more often, I think, people use uh, home delivery. And I think also the time slots uh, are shorter than in Sweden. You mentioned before, that like you have to sit home the whole day. Uh, but then, of course, also now when we work at home, uh, we are not so dependent on they actually getting there in time. Um, but I what would, I would like to see is that maybe like companies such as Volt, etc., in the food industry uh, being applied to to the fashion industry, for example, where I can go into uh, a big uh, store like H&M and just pick the clothes that I want and get it delivered straight to to my store 30 minutes later. Uh, Then I think it will be really interesting uh, with home deliveries.
1: I would say that the problem with that kind of services is they're becoming really expensive. And the the customer, they're not... They're not prepared to pay too much for the delivery too much you say you 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 you, you want to pay a lot of for the home deliveries, but I think you're you're a special guy so, <laughs> so, uh, the the ordinary customer they the, you 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 can see you can see that you can take a, a higher price for home delivery than for ordinary delivery mm. but uh, people usually don't want to pay anything so so you have to remember that mm. and and you can see like in Stockholm we have Foodora the, the 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 food delivery company there they they start working with with shops in Stockholm to 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 do that yeah but I, I think it's I'm not sure I want to have my t-shirt in this there the, are food boxes smelling of pizza you know
0: no and they have the new self-driving sort of robot that's going to deliver food as well right
1: yeah i think what people believe if if you if you read about people who much more knowable than I am they they, they say like this is just the face when they use these guys cycling around yeah Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be this kind of uh, self self self-rolling little boxes who deliver this
0: yeah self-driving vehicles of different sizes and, and maybe also drones and that kind of things
1: I'm not sure about drones I think that's that's really like a internet thing talking about drones uh.
0: so i guess that's more if you are uh, have to deliver to an island yeah, countryside yeah countryside yeah mm-hmm. yeah but uh, i mean for sure uh, there is a lot of different initiatives within delivery and
1: uh, there, there, there are other experimental things going on like there's a company from the south of sweden called uh, log trade and they're they're working in a system where they their vision is that everyone should have a, like a box in their in their backyard where they can pick up the the, the things they want. Uh, so so they work in just with the software behind it, uh, but they they come quite far and they they try this out both in Sweden and in in, in California. So, so so I think there's a lot of initiatives in this area. Uh, and uh, so we we will see new companies we will see new kind of services and it will be a big part of the e-commerce growth that's i'm sure of that
0: yeah and as a segue into talking about digital products we have the sort of in-betweeners if we talk about products that can be 3d printed so that is in one way a digital product but it can also get physical if you have a 3d printer and of course um uh, being a big sci-fi nerd as well uh, we waiting for the transporters and for the replicators and everything so we can you know move molecules that way instead but to talk more about digital products uh, can you give an example of digital products that uh, is available today
1: no but i but, uh- before we t- start talking about that i would like to s- speak of something between okay a physical product and a digital pro- product okay because it that's that's uh, like uh, manufacturing on demand and there's a really interesting company called who uh, they they do print print on on both paper and, and clothing and mugs and everything and they they, they have built like a cloud system so that you actually, you can actually just get an app at Shopify, and you can start start your own print on demand business. and uh, And they have like print houses, hundred print houses around the world. Uh, so, so, so there you see another kind of of, of uh, uh, development where you where you, you you don't need to have the product before people. Order them. And you a as um, working with e commerce, you, you're never going to see the products. Mm. And, and so, so that, that's one thing. But the, the digi- digital products was the, was the subject for the day, or the trend for the day, I would say. I mean, you can see this in, 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 in the area in, in the Nordics where we come longest when it comes to e commerce penetration, that's books. You know, like it's like fifty percent of the book markets is, is is on internet. It's internet selling, but the biggest growth in the book in the book uh, industry today, that's digital products. You can see for for last year, for the first nine nine months, you had a, you had a growth when it comes to digital books for 34 percent in Sweden. And you can compare that with the in, with the in, with ordinary internet selling or I thought it was 17% or something like that and the bookshops the physical bookshop they lost lost sales hmm. so but i think like so in in the book in the book industry you you can definitely see that digital product is is coming strong and and there's a lot of people in the in the industry authors and so on who complains about that because the price for the digital product is so much lower than for the physical book. But the thing is, most of these people who, who use the, the, the digital product they wouldn't have bought any books anyhow. So they're they new customers. So the market is growing really fast because of you, you get new customers who usually might be bought one or two books a year. No, they listen to a book every week. And you, you know, we only had this when they come to music. When when I grew up, you, you went to the store and bought uh, records. Is there any record shops left?
0: It's vinyl, I think. It's it's these, uh, you know, that sells these. Yeah, but, that, but that's yeah. so
1: niche. That's, that's, yeah, I mean, I do, even young people buy vinyls, but that's really a niche product. Yeah. So, so <sighs> the question is, what kind of products can you make digital?
0: Yeah, I think you have seen now um, some news about uh, artwork selling for millions of uh, crowns uh, and really expensive. And I, I think also the technology blout, uh, around blockchain also plays into this because then you can sort of guarantee that this is the original product that you have purchased. So it becomes a collect- collectible uh, in that case. Yeah,
1: Th- that, that's really a strange thing this, with, with this crypto, crypto art yeah well as you say the the art the art you can download everyone can download the art and share it for free, but only the guy or, or the woman who buys it buys it get the really like crypto art or, or, yeah that you can prove that you own it and ah that's strange yeah <laughs> but it it seemed to be seem to be working actually
0: mm. are you buying any digital products, frida?
2: No, but I was just uh, thinking, what what is a, a digital product, and and uh, and can it be like, can it also be, can it be uh, like a like a course, for example? Could that also be a digital product?
1: Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But but I would say that's a service. Yeah. So 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 if 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 you're really strict to products, I wouldn't say. This. Um.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I can't come up with anything really. When it comes to digital products. Uh,
0: it's a lot of, you know, when you look at games, I think when your kids are playing games on the phone, yeah, uh, they can buy, you know, c- uh, perks so they can get new clothes to their uh, avatar uh, and, and that kind of stuff. And that is a really big industry. And I think also when we look a bit further on, when uh, augmented reality and so will come into place, then we can actually decorate our home with the digital art that you will see sort of when you have the AR glasses on. Mm-hmm. And um, and also I think that will go into fashion as well. So, I mean, you can go around and people that have these devices on, which we're all going to have eventually, we're going to have it mm-hmm. in lenses, <laughs> we're going to have the uh, Neuralink operated into our brain or whatever, and they're going to see those digital clothes. That your digital stylist have helped you with, and then you can you know you don't need to shower, you don't need to do anything. You can just you know put on your digital <laughs> suit and
1: go out. And then you see like when you, when it comes to hardware, uh, you know you don't really buy for the updates or so on how hardware, but you, you can see a future where you probably can buy. Uh, third-party updates for your hardware Mm. because like i i'm a a big fan of sono sono loudspeakers i have i I have a really old sono loudspeaker at home and it wasn't so good but after i had it for two or three years or something they were i I updated the firmware and after that it sounds wonderful Mm. So, so so that it's i think it's really interesting also that kind of that you can re-update existing products and I think that, that that can be one thing of the future and I, people are smart I think I figure out they could you, you could like breathe new life into your computer and things so on with I actually done that myself I, I had a really bad bad Mac at home like eight year old and was you couldn't use it anymore so I installed Linux, Linux on it and then I, I bought a new battery and changed it and I have a new computer. It's, you know, it's working perfectly fine now. Mm. But you know, it's it's more for the nerds. You know. Yeah,
0: but probably, I mean, digital products will be huge. Uh, there will come a lot of new applications around this. And I mean, since it's talking about scalable, that's the perfect example about the the perfect product, so to speak. So yeah, probably see a lot of innovation in this area.
1: Yeah, and and, and you can see the the new generation was growing up. You can see that. Because I'm 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 really stuck in the old analog world in some ways. I think like the real wel- value is when you buy something physical. Yeah. But I, I see with my own kids, they they not really. You know, they can spend a lot of money buying perks for their games and so on. And, and for them, it's a real value. For me, it's like a ripoff.
0: Yeah, but there is value because you know when they are playing the games, when they are engaging in in social apps or social worlds. I mean, they get the status or they get the attention of what they have bought. And people think that it's cool that you have this big axe or something in the game and so on. So so it gives you value, even if you just think it's ones and zeros. And it's not that, you know, big um, difference from the physical items that you own. No. And uh, and there is a lot of uh, downsides with physical items. They take space, they, they take uh, resources, uh, they need to, uh, yeah, you throw them away eventually. And,
1: yeah. Now, like, it's, it's all in your head. And uh, I, I, I can see, like, it was so much easier to be a parent for like 20 years ago. But then you had a lot of physical objects you can buy for presents on birthdays and Christmas and so on. You know, what can you buy for your kids today? You can buy them a good phone, you can buy them a good computer. And then, they don't want anything else. They, they would be offended if I bought them a record, you know? <laughs> so Frida, what do you buy for your kids?
2: No, I think it's absolutely correct what you are saying, Thomas. And, and you too, Urban. Yeah. I, I buy new worlds uh, in uh, in the app, of course. Mm. Uh, that's for, for Friday. He can actually choose if he wants to have goodies f- or if he wants a second world in his new game. And uh, I must say, quite often he chooses the, the new world or next. Level or whatever purchase I need to do uh, instead of the candy. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I think the thing is we have to think this out because in the game, in the, in the world of games, this is like you know it's been you have you've been able to do this for a lot of years, but it's, it's when you you can move this kind of digital products outside the media production and outside then then we we can talk about a real big trend.
0: Yeah, so so this was quite a diverse set of topics today. It <laughs> yes. was this was a direct consumer deliveries of the future and digital products. But I mean, it was great having you on the show, Urban. We really wanted to take advantage of your sort of broad insights, and uh, really nice to have you here. And I will encourage everyone that knows Swedish to tune in to your podcast, E Understander and Historia Nu. and there is also an English. Um, episode on the historic podcast so check that out as well
1: now i should i shouldn't listen to that you know for my horrible english big thanks for having me it was nice talking to you i I thought i thought we had some insights here haven't we
0: yeah (laughs) let's hope so and and uh, everyone out there uh, please reach out to us if that you want to know even more in one of these topics so thank you and see you around okay see you
2: around thanks To be up to date with podcast-related matters, please follow our LinkedIn page. And if you want to participate in discussions or recommend topics and guests, please join our Facebook group as well. Just search for Radically Smarter Commerce and you will find us. And of course, if you want to contact me or Thomas directly, you can always reach out on LinkedIn.
0: And you find this podcast on all platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Acast as well as at RadicallySmarterCommerce.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review if you like the podcast it helps us to find new listeners. You can also follow Aptus at LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. See you in two weeks.